0: Well, I want you to uh, turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians this morning. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 24... The Bible says, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Faithful is he that calleth you. Would you turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3? 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. In verse number 3. The Bible says here, but the Lord is Faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. But the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. I would like to speak for a few minutes this morning on our faithful Father. Would you bow with me and ask the Lord to meet with us this morning. Lord, we praise you for your faithfulness that is evident In our lives and taught in your word and experienced by us continually, we praise you, Lord, for this truth. I ask you this morning that you would remind us of it, that you would strengthen our faith, that you would motivate us and challenge us as your people to be ever more faithful to you because of your faithfulness to us. Be with this message this morning, the time we have together in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, can I tell you that from the moment of your salvation to the day of your separation from earth, God is and will be faithful to you. In every situation, I have here a thank you note from Brother Hunt's extended family, an expression of gratitude and thankfulness to Hunt Valley Baptist Church for your prayers, but ultimately it is an expression of gratitude and thankfulness to God for God's faithfulness as we as a church prayed for baby Frederick. He says, dear Hunt Valley Baptist Church, the Lord heard your prayers for our dear son Frederick. After 35 days in the hospital, the Lord brought him to full health, allowing him to come home. Only the Lord could have made this possible. Only the prayers of God's people made this happen. Our family has seen the mighty, powerful hand of our Lord, keeping Frederick safe through this all. He is faithful. This morning, I want to talk to you about our faithful father. First of all, I would like to give you the proof that's recorded for us In several places. The proof that has been recorded. The proof of his faithfulness, beloved, first of all, is recorded for us in the word of God. The word of God declares the faithfulness of God. The very thought of God, the very idea of God, typifies or is an expression of faithfulness. If you look in Webster's Dictionary, as I did... The second definition for the word faithfulness is as the faithfulness of God. In the dictionary, you've heard people say sometimes about other people, they might say, well, uh, I mean, if you looked in the dictionary under clumsy, this person's picture would be there. You heard people say stuff like that or, or any other thing that, that typifies that particular person. Listen, beloved, when you look in the dictionary at the word faithfulness, God's name is there. Amen. God's name literally means faithfulness. The Bible tell us, tells us that he is immutable. Immutable is a large Bible word that simply means unchanging. Right. You know, you and I were given to change. We we stop doing things that we started and we start doing things that we said we were going to stop and we change our mind on this and that and and and, and we are a people given to change. But beloved, the Bible tells us in a description of the faithfulness of God in Malachi 3.6, he says, for I am the Lord, I change not. He tells us in Hebrews 13, verse number eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. In James chapter 1 and verse number 17, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness. We serve an unchanging God, a God that is faithful. The Bible describes literally his name is faithful in the book of Revelation chapter 19, verse number 11. He says, and I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on upon him was called Faithful. I mean, if you said the name of God, God the Father, it literally is description of the word, the, 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 the word that we know is Faithful. He is faithful. The word of God declares his faithfulness, but not only does the word of God declare his faithfulness, but can I tell you that the works of God declare his faithfulness? Oh, beloved, everything that he ever said would happen, did, or is going to happen. Everything that he ever said would happen, did, or is going to happen. He promised Noah that there would be a flood and it came. He promised Abraham that he would have a seed through Sarah and it happened. He promised Israel that they'd be brought up out of the land of Egypt into a promised land and it happened. I I very soon will be talking and dealing with this situation in Israel. We need to be in prayer continually for those and the innocent people there that are being Hurt because of this war. Can I just tell you that Israel is God's chosen people. We need to be in prayer for them. The miraculous way in which God protects this little group of people in the middle of all these enemies is nothing but a testament to God's faithfulness. He promised Gideon that he would have victory with 300 men in possible circumstances. And yet God... Gave them victory, amen? amen. Yeah. He promised David that he would have a kingdom and David thought for many, many years, oh, it's not gonna happen. I mean, he's running through the caves and hiding from Saul, but God said he would be a king and God put him on the throne. God promised the world that there would be a savior. Can I say that Jesus came? Yeah. It is an ill-refutable fact of history that Jesus lived and that he died and that he rose again. Oh, the atheist would want to deny his resurrection. It's an ill refutable fact of history that he lived, that he was crucified. This is not even Bible. This is historical accounts that we know he lived and he was crucified and the atheist may say that he didn't rise again, but can I tell you that he rose from the dead? The Bible says it's true, and we know, beloved, that today we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what anyone says. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he is always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. A long life's narrow way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? Because he lives in my heart. The works of God declare his very faithfulness. He promised Paul strength in his weakness and God gave it to him. He promised you and I that he would never leave us nor forsake us and he has not. He has promised us a home in heaven and one day we're going to be there. He has promised he would come again and he will as surely as he came the first time he will come again. He has promised that he would not fail us and he has not. Not one promise in his book has failed. Not only does his word and his works declare his faithfulness, but can I tell you that just an observance of the world around us his creation declares his faithfulness. I mean, all you have to do is observe the rising of the sun that without fail proceeds on chorus. They can tell you the exact minute the sun is going to break the eastern sky five years from now. Five years from now, on October 22nd, whatever year that's going to be, they, they can tell you that the sun is going to break that eastern sky at 621, and it'll happen. Why? Because that's how faithful God is. Yeah. Okay. That sun, you observe the coming and ebbing of the tide. You observe, beloved, the changing of the seasons as was mentioned in Sunday school. The seasons come and go year after year after year. Beloved, God's in control of that. It's his creation. And it is a display of his faithfulness. Even the scientific atheist who would deny the very existence of God relies on God's faithfulness. In the observance of all the scientific laws, all of the laws of nature, What goes up must come down. Yeah. Gravity is going to work every time, everyone. <laughs> Not only does his works and does the world and his word, but, you know, wisdom declares his faithfulness. You see, wisdom is gained by experience The more experience you have, the more wisdom you should have. Can I ask you this morning, have you experienced God's faithfulness? Have you as an individual, could you by testimony say this morning unequivocally that your God is faithful? That God has been faithful to you? The wisdom that's been imparted upon you gives you an irrefutable proof, an understanding that without question you serve a God that is faithful to you. Others may doubt, some may question, but you could stand and say, I know that I serve a faithful God. The songwriter said, His faithfulness fails not. It meets new each day new guidance for every new step of the way, new grace for new trials, new trust for old fears, new patience for bearing the wrongs of the years, new strength for new burdens, new courage for old, new faith for whatever the day may unfold, as fresh for each need as the dew on the sod. Oh, new every morning are the mercies of God. Yes, the proof is recorded for us in many places. But even still, sometimes people are reluctant to believe in his faithfulness. Sometimes there's some reluctance. Sometimes we are caused to doubt the faithfulness of God. You know, disaster on occasion, can cause us to doubt. We're human. When we go through great trial, sometimes we may be as Job and look around and say, I looked before me and I looked behind me and I looked around. God, where are you? I didn't didn't see you. Sometimes disaster that comes into our lives can cause us to doubt, but can I implore you this morning, could I encourage you this morning, don't let Satan use disaster to cause you to doubt that you serve a faithful God. Just over two weeks ago on Friday, I fell off the roof here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church serving Jesus. And I fell What in the world? I mean, I wasn't even doing anything crazy. I wasn't playing around. I wasn't doing anything I shouldn't have been doing. Some of you debate that, but anyways. (laughs) I'm up on the the roof there trying to do what needs done and and just be a help and, and accomplish what needs accomplished, and I fell. And, you know, some people would say, wow, like, Lord, why did you let this happen to me? You know, I don't call it an accident. I call it an incident because I believe God's in control. I believe God has a plan and a purpose, and exactly what that is, I don't know. I might have to wait till I get to heaven to say, "Okay, something." I've been wondering for about seventy-five years. <laughs> you notice I'm planning to live a little while. <laughs> Lord, why did I fall? I might not know tell heaven the reason, I, I, but I I know there's a reason. When I stood there on the roof and I was standing up, looking at people working and just checking the size of a pipe I had in my hand, and next thing I know, from a full standing position, I was I was going over. I don't know what happened. Literally in my mind, I I think about it and I think like. I think Brother Glover pushed me. (laughs) I think that's what happened. He was the only other person on the roof. Had to be him. Because I do not know what happened or why I fell. But I knew I was going over. And I said something like, "Uh uh-oh, or oh, or something. I don't know exactly what it was. What did I say? Yeah, something like that. He heard me, and so he turned and looked, and he said I did a flip off the roof. But I remember as I was going down, thinking in my mind, this is going to hurt. <laughs> I, was, I was picturing the ground below me, trying to determine where I was going to hit, because I knew we had these terraces out here, and I just didn't know like how far from the building I was going to be. I just was going down, and I didn't, I didn't know what was going to be. But I, I, I know when I hit the ground... Uh, it knocked a scream right out of me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I, I, I yelled uh, and then, then started evaluating what, what, what happened. What, what functions? Started going through things and, and my toes worked. My, my legs could move. I could bend everything. My arms, I, my head didn't hurt. I'm thinking there's nothing wrong. And then I tried to move and I said, oh, it's in my back. So... You guys know they got me up and loaded me in the car, and I was going to go home and sleep it off. Amen? That was my plan. I was told Mary to take me home. I was going to sleep it off and see what happened. But uh, we got about halfway home, which you know I only live three miles from here. <laughs> we got about halfway home, and I said, no, don't stop at home. We got to go to the hospital. And uh, we went to the hospital, called ahead, and uh, paramedics were outside with a gurney, ready to meet, ready to greet us, put me right on a gurney, strapped me down to a board, and they did a great job, took good care of me. But you know, when I fell, they wanted to sit me up and, well, no, they didn't. They didn't want to move me. They wanted to strap me to a board and call an ambulance right then, but I said sit me up and load me in the car. And I don't know who I was there, but I stopped. And I prayed to my faithful God. Said, Lord, I know you're in control. I know there's no accidents with you. I thank you, Lord, that this is not worse than it is. Because it surely could have been a lot worse. Can I tell you, beloved, that through it all, that what the world would call a disaster, all it did. Was assure me of the faithfulness of my God. I don't have time this morning to go into the details of the ways in which we experience God's faithfulness. But God is faithful. Don't let Satan use a disaster in your life to doubt the faithfulness of your God. Can I tell you, sometimes delay makes people doubt God's faithfulness. As I expressed already, David, you remember him. He was but a boy. He was a shepherd boy, and God said, "God said to him, David, you're going to be a king." And I'm sure David thought in his heart and mind that, "Well, you know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to. Uh, I, I've been, uh, you know, anointed king. I'm going to go down and, and uh, be the be the king." But God had a plan. There were some things that needed to take place first. There were some steps that needed to he needed to go through. And David didn't know and understand it all. I'm sure as David found himself in Ziklag going through the disaster of his wife and kids and all their possessions being taken, that he thought, I wonder, is it really going to happen? But God had a plan. If God's delayed an answer for you, something you've been praying for, something you've been looking for, God's delayed in delivering you from something that you've desired deliverance from. If God has delayed for one purpose or another, would you just commit to trust that you still serve a faithful God? Don't let Satan use delay. You know, God promised a Savior to the world. But, you know, between the pages of the Old Testament and the pages of the New Testament... There was 400 silent years. 400 years that for whatever purpose or plan that we might not know or understand until we get to heaven, God delayed sending the Savior, but he had promised that he would come and God sent the Savior. Don't let delay cause you to doubt. Hudson Taylor said, God is not looking for men of great faith, but he's looking for common men to trust in the great faithfulness of God. Lastly this morning, can I give you the proper response to God's faithfulness? The proper response. There should be a response because we have established unquestionably that we serve a faithful God and everybody that agrees with that say amen. We serve a faithful God. Well, if we do, then there should be a response that is correct and right. First of all, can I tell you, in Psalms 89, verse 1 and 2, he says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness. The first proper response to an understanding that you serve a faithful God is that you would lift your voice in praise and in song and in adoration and let other people know that you serve a faithful God. That we would have a voice that is given to praising and thanking the Lord for His faithfulness to us publicly in every chance and opportunity that we get. Let people know that you serve a faithful God. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because of his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Not only beloved, should we be praising him for his faithfulness, but it would behoove us to practice being faithful to him. If there is anything that should motivate us as God's people to be faithful, it's because God has been so faithful to us. In these last two weeks, I've had some pretty humbling things happen. I've had to sit and let my wife take care of every type of personal need. Things that a man wants to say, I can do it. But I couldn't bend. I couldn't get dressed. And my wife graciously and compassionately cared for me. Through it all. Desirous to do more for me than, 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 I, than I even would ask or would want her to. And what I'm saying is in the face of that kind of commitment and that kind of faithfulness, there's only one thought in my heart and mind is, oh, I've got to be faithful to her. And if that human illustration can be verily, just clearly understood that man, because of what she's done for me, I must be more committed to her and love her more thoroughly and completely, then how much more should we be faithful to our heavenly father who has been there through it all, who reached down into this sin sick world and lift our old wretched soul out of the miry clay and set our feet on a rock. He's carried us when we were weak and could not walk ourselves He's given us strength when we didn't have our own strength. He's fed us when we were hungry. He's given us what we needed. And I'm just saying if God's done that, if he's walked through the storm with us, then oh, how we should be faithful to him. You've got to be faithful to him. There is no greater joy than serving your Savior, than being faithful to the one who's been faithful to you. Dear beloved, he wants to and will reward you for his faithfulness. As I bring this to a conclusion this morning, I ask of you this morning. I implore you to trust him. We can trust him today as much as anybody ever did. We can trust him today as much as Moses did when he stepped out into the Red Sea just at the command of God with two million people behind him, not knowing what was going to happen, but God parted the Red Sea. We can trust him today. Oh, as much as George Mueller did when he sat down at a table without any food on it and said, boys, let's bow our head and thank God for the food. And God provided the food before the prayer was done. We can trust him. Dear sinner, can I implore you today to trust him before it's too late? You see, ever since the Philippian jailer, men have had the question, what must I do to be saved? That has been the question written on the heart of man from that time till this. But beloved, God's resounding answer, it's not what you do, it's what's already been done. Some think that there's some level of attainment that they must achieve in order to know the forgiveness of God, but God said it's not attainment, it's atonement that was provided for you. Some think if they only had enough character to bring about true change in their life, but God said it's not character, it's the cross of Jesus Christ. Some feel if they just tried a little harder, they could do it. But God says could you just trust him? Just trust him. Will you stop trying so hard and start trusting a little more? The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, God's never said no to anyone. You're here this morning, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't experienced the forgiveness of God, I want you to know His faithfulness. And if you would just simply call on Him, He would in no wise cast you out.